0: What's happening, this is the tap in podcast. We are live inside of the tap in studio, man. This is gonna be a dope show, man. I'm telling you, I got my girl Mish in the building. What's happening, Mish? How's it going?
1: I'm, Thank you for having me for
0: sure. Thank you for coming, man. Yeah, this is um, this is gonna be a dope show, one because it's the it's the uh, it's rounding us out in the um. And Black History Month. Mm. So I'm glad we having this conversation is it, it, more than well needed. You know what I mean? Um, But before we get started, I got to let me do my my uh, my sponsors. Hold on one second. Do, do, do. Y'all talk amongst yourselves real quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yo, this episode is brought to you by the Rose Group, the Rose Group at Keller Williams. If you're interested in um, your selling your house, getting your house sold, want to know how much your house is worth right now, Make sure you contact the Rose Group. Uh, they can be contacted at 817-523-9644, 817-523-9644. Find out how much your house is worth. Or are you interested in selling your house right now? The housing market is going crazy right now, okay? So make sure you hit them up. That's the Rose Group at kellerwilliams.kw.com, okay? Now, Mish, what's going on, man?
1: Nothing much, you know. We just got out of this storm, so I'm just happy to be out of the house.
0: Man, <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> me and you both, man. I got I got super blessed, lucky, whatever you want to call it. We live by a fire station, so our electricity didn't go out, but my water wasn't working. You know what I mean? Mm, so yeah, we was like, man. And I told my my, my <laughs> I told my wife, me and my son, when the water went off, I was like. You know, we really take baths around here anyways. It's <laughs> <laughs> not new. Yeah. She was like, you better go take a whole bath or something. Go boil you some water.
1: Right. <laughs> Listen, I didn't have any issue, you know, with the power because I got to stay in my dad's house. But let me tell you, being back in your parents' house mm. is a different feeling, right? Yeah. So I was like, all right, uh, what are we going to do with these lights? I'm ready to go home. Yeah. <laughs> got to get back to my place.
0: Yeah. And you know this? I'm from I'm from California, so this is my first time oh, ever wow. being in snow. Period. Right. So at first, like the first day, it was cool. It was fun. It's, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. And then
1: after that, you're like, <laughs>
0: you're like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> let me get my ass back in the house. Right. So yeah, man, I, I I'm glad you came on because, um, I know, mental health has been talked about like in the last year or two, like heavily, especially like on social media and everything, mm-hmm. and T. Uh, T. Hope is the one that introduced me to you it was like, yo, my girl, you need to bring her on. She's dope in the mental health space. So now I kind of want to get are you like are you a therapist or are you a psychiatrist?
1: Yes. So I'm a licensed therapist. OK. Um, Undergrad. I went to Prairie View. In what? In, yes. PV, you, A and M University. Me too. Yeah. Really? Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right,
1: fam. That's what's up. So, um, majored in psychology there. Went to Clark Atlanta for my graduate degree in social work. So I'm a licensed master social worker.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dope. Yeah. Man. A matter of fact, I did remember you mentioned you going to PV.
1: Oh yeah, that's like my. The first thing I tell people, so I'm sure he <laughs> was, you know, giving yeah. you that because that's something I, I I, love Prairie View. Me too, man. Yeah, it was a time of my life, so. Man,
0: I wish I can go back sometimes.
1: Oh, yeah. They owe me a semester. Have you seen the campus? Man, how nice it is! They owe me a semester to just come kick it. They got a pool, they got barbecue pits, all types of stuff. They just owe me yes time to have fun.
0: Yes, well, I still owe them some money, so (laughs) they don't owe me
1: shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love PV. PV, you in the house, baby? Yes, that's what's up. Mm -hmm. So, um, what I want to ask you, like, I know with this big storm and everybody just getting out of the pandemic. Like it's a lot of traumas, a lot of people getting depressed. You know what I mean? How should people I guess deal with that mental angst or that, that just being locked in the house for I don't know how long? You yeah. know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So the first thing is acknowledgement. You know, like a lot of people try to shy away from saying, um, oh well I'm sad right now or I can tell that I'm shutting down or I can tell that, you know, this is not my norm. People just try to work themselves through it without acknowledging. So the first thing is that you definitely have to acknowledge that something is off. Something is not right. It's not your norm. Um, after acknowledging, it's it's definitely reaching out to therapists. You have so many therapists. We were already doing virtual therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Talkspace. You have um, BetterHelp, that they were already offering those, you know, virtual therapy um, services. But now that we're in the pandemic, almost all of us are doing virtual. I don't know. Really? Very few of us are actually still going into offices and doing face-to-face therapy. So you have the option to reach out to a therapist. And once you do that, it is for you and your therapist to determine what your next steps are. Your ther- your therapist is going to be there to help guide you through what you're experiencing. Mm, okay. Yeah. And
0: I know for somebody like me, like the way I deal with trauma is I like to just isolate myself mm-hmm. you know what I mean like because I want I need to think through everything that's going on mm-hmm. and then once I deal with it internally and figure out like man okay I I, I kind of like going into a shell just to build myself back up mm-hmm. and then I come out like oh, okay cool yeah we back in is that good or is that or do I because I'm not the very Contrary to popular belief, I'm not really talkative like that. You know what I mean? Really? (laughs) Especially (laughs) about my feelings.
1: Okay, right. You know what I mean? That's a lot of us. Yeah, that's a lot of people. They're not um, comfortable talking about their feelings. Mm. But you said two things. One, you said that you isolate. And then you also said that you like to think about what you're going through yourself, right? So Mm. there's absolutely nothing wrong with self-reflection. Actually, that's a very good tool to have and a very good practice where you go and you think about the things that are affecting you and how you want to address them. The isolating part, though, is probably where you want to focus on uh, changing just because when you isolate, that means you push other people away. Mm. and that can cause additional problems in some other areas. But in self-reflecting, it's kind of acknowledging, like, who's my support system? You can have one or two people that you reach out to when you're in that space. It doesn't mean that you have to open yourself up to everybody. It is okay to recluse and take that time for yourself.
0: Yeah, because I know, like, here's my thing. When when I was single, right, mm-hmm. when I was single, I had to deal with everything that came into my life, you know what I mean? And now that I'm married, having to, I guess, verbalize my feelings and let somebody else know what's going on with mm-hmm. me is not it's not my norm, you know what I mean? Right. So is is I would say in the beginning it was difficult. Uh me and, my, me and my wife been together for 5 years, um married 3 years now. Mhm. But it's in the very beginning, it was difficult because I'm like, I'm used to getting that tunnel vision when I'm dealing with a, a problem or an issue mm-hmm. so I can figure it out. And then once I figure it out, then I'll come out and be social again because I, I like being around people. You know what I mean? Right. I do. But it's like when I'm dealing with something that's stressful, then I like to close off and close down just so I can figure like, okay, what's my next move to getting out of this?
1: You know what I mean? Right. And again, there's nothing wrong with the self-reflection, but when you're married, you have a partner. So that person wants to be and should be included in how you navigate through some of those things. Right. Yeah. You still have to allow yourself your own time. Right. I mean, we're people we I was just talking about I wanted to go back home to my house <laughs> We in the middle of the storm. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we all need our own space at times. But it's OK to allow people to come in as long as they're going to be people that are supportive, in which I'm sure your wife is. So allowing somebody that's going to be your support system into that moment so that you can self-reflect, but then also um, work through that with somebody. It's good to have that support. That's that's one thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is having a su- support system is essential to living. We don't need anybody to live, but we need people to be able to function healthy mm. in a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I think that it's also important to understand that um, you're not able to talk yourself out of everything. Mm. Sometimes you need somebody to bounce things off of. And if if it's going to be your support system or a therapist, that therapist will be there to help you navigate through that. Because uh, most of the time, you're not going to ask yourself all the right questions, right? right. You're, you're going to ask yourself what you want to hear, right? Right? <laughs> right, right. And it, what's going to be beneficial, what you feel like is beneficial to you. You bring in a therapist because we're going to give you that unbiased, thought process into making sure that you get what you want out of you know the situation
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny you say that because I, <laughs> I I know that i would be like man should I go over here and do this but if I do I'm gonna go get that and like okay yeah let's right, go <laughs> right and so
1: the therapist is gonna walk you through all of those things yeah they are yeah. gonna walk you through everything the good the bad you know the indifferent in that
0: yeah yeah, yeah. God (laughs) damn, man. And I know, like, I'm going to tell you, have you seen that movie, um, The Judas, Judas and Messiah? Have you seen that yet? yet. Mm -mm. Man, when I tell you, like, here's what I was talking to my wife about last night, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know if I really want to know black history, right? Mm. I don't know if I really want to know because... It always triggers me when I find out like, oh, so such and such did um, invented that. And I was like, well, why we don't know? Like, why, why his name not big or why they not like known as then you find out, oh, somebody took their idea. Somebody stole the idea. And then he's like, fuck, it, like, you know, what I mean, it triggers me to be like, damn. And I'll be like, I don't re- I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole even figure out black history like I don't
1: I'll oh yeah it's traumatic yeah reading about it watching it I haven't seen the movie because I'm honestly maybe it is because of my profession or maybe it's just me the space that I am I'm kind of tired of that type of those type of movies and like seeing it's a good the movie trauma though. I've heard it <laughs> it's a good but movie. it's a lot of trauma that yes. you have to then process after you've watched it yeah. and so that's what you're saying like I don't even want to really go through all of this because it's it's traumatic. What what we have black people have been th- through as a community as a whole is very traumatic. And so then to read about it and continue to watch it and all those things, it opens up wounds you didn't know you had. Yeah. Because our community is honestly suffering mentally because of things that happened years ago. Right? And we talk we could talk back to slavery, but then if you just want to take that out of the equation, what was happening in the '60s and the '70s was very traumatic, mm-hmm. and we didn't have the opportunity to process. I know, like, just for an example, my father—he's 70 years old—grew um, up and he saw Bloody Sunday, which was the walk in Selma um, over the mm. Pettus Bridge. Um, he saw that on the news as mm. a kid. So mm. he's as a kid watching people get beat right. on a bridge, you know, yeah, just yeah. so they could vote. Yeah, so. As he went through life, he suppressed that. And that's a lot of what we do. Um if you just think about the fact 2020 was a traumatic year for everybody. everybody. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter what color you are, what race, ethnicity, it was traumatic. Yeah. Add seeing the murder of George Floyd. George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Add the issue with Ahmaud Arbery. Then add Brianna Taylor to that and being black and walking out of your house every day not knowing what could happen yeah very traumatic the only way that i think is a healthy way to deal with that is to process it in your circle I don't think that that's something that you should hide. I don't think that it's something you should suppress. Like, I think our parents for years have suppressed their feelings about those things. They've walked through, you know, workspaces and not had the opportunity to talk about that. But we live in a time where we should be able to express. Today, I'm not feeling it, right? Mm -hmm. I just watched so many times we watch on our phones, people are being killed. That's not healthy to watch those things. So some of the things that we should do is like, limit that yeah we shouldn't always be watching our phones or those videos where people are being shot and things like that I have to limit that and there are times where I just completely remove myself from social media altogether because it's not healthy to see those things over and over yeah yeah
0: man. yeah because I, I know sometimes where I just I just put it away and especially like um it was a big car accident on 35 like uh probably like a week ago like mm. right when the storm first mm-hmm. hit and people were sharing that like it was like a videos on Facebook and I'm like why are y'all sharing this like I don't there's people dying in that in that car crash yes I don't want to see that like you know what I mean please don't share it on my timeline yes. I don't want to see it cuz I'm just like those are families and that once I start thinking about People are just probably trying to drive to work. Are they just trying to get somewhere? And then yes. next thing you know, they get a call from their family. I'm just like, I don't want to see that, man. Yeah. I, I I just.
1: I call it trauma porn. Like mm. when you are continuing to see that type of thing on your timeline. And even for me, like watching movies like Judas and I was like, I know you said it's great. <laughs> yeah. But seeing movies like that or 12 Years a Slave or, you know, like things like that. That's trauma porn to me. Why do I need to keep watching the things that I know happen? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing that over and over again. And then again, like I said, people are not processing their feelings. Like, how did it make you feel when you saw that accident? How did it make you know, like you have to process those things. So that's my thing is that we as a people, we have to be cognizant of the things that we continue to watch Mm -hmm. and you allow in your system. Because what you put in your system, if you're not processing and expressing it out, it stays in and it comes out another way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, what does that look like when you processing your feelings? Because somebody like who me, like me, that I just, I suppress my feelings. Mm-hmm. How, what does that look like when you trying to process your feelings or, just talk about like, because when you just said that when you asked, when you just said like how does that make you feel seeing the accident? I'm just like, I don't know. I just don't. I just didn't want to see it. Mm-hmm. You know what I
1: mean? But why? So those are the questions. Why didn't you want to see it?
0: Because I can only imagine being in the car and seeing an 18-wheeler coming down full speed on you. You know what I mean? And there's
1: nothing you can do about it. Right. Right. So you just process it. That is literally what processing is. Mm. It's asking yourself, and if you're in therapy, the therapist will ask you the necessary questions so you understand why you had that feeling. Mm. And then you, from there, you can, I mean, you, if you think about it, you don't want to see that because you can only imagine what it's like for an 18-wheeler because you're not ready for death. Like, that's not something you want to talk about or think about, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, We don't, I mean, I'm. we still got a lot of life to live, <laughs> right, right? So right. I don't want to see that because then you know there's a possibility. So it brings in anxiety. Like, then you start thinking, like, what if this happened to somebody I love? Or what if that, you know? So that's the reason. And and that's how you process. You just begin to talk about it. And when you're in a session with a therapist, they are really going to break down those thoughts for you so that you're, one, getting it out. But then you're understanding where those feelings are coming from. Because that's really important for people to understand where the feelings come from.
0: Mm, Okay. Yeah. And I know I know like um fortunately for me, like in my life, um, the only person that I like knew like in my family was my mm-hmm. grandmother that passed away. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I know I have friends and I have other people that have have people that was close to them that have died and like I wanna come in and give them some positive reinforcement but i don't i really don't understand what that what that feeling is you know what right. i mean because i haven't experienced it firsthand mm-hmm. but i can only imagine um like what what's that feeling like and i i don't i, I i'm weird when it comes to death you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying like yeah. I'm, i i am like i remember <laughs> i remember at Prairie view mm-hmm. one of my um are you, were you there when they uh when the track people uh had a car accident Mm-mm. okay so it was probably before you was there mm-hmm. but at at prairie view is like it was the track team they got into a, a car accident and they went on a, a trip to go for a track meet they got into a car accident everybody in the car died and it was some some people that was uh roommates with the guys that was on campus with us mm-hmm. and after the one of the guys he was my frat brother he went, and he went to the funeral, and I was like, yo, man, how was the funeral? Like, it was cool. And he was like, what the fuck you mean, how was the funeral? Right. And I was just like, man, I was just trying to, like, you know, either make small talk or just relate, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But he went off on me about it, and I was just like, I don't know what to say to somebody, like, in the, when it comes to death like that, you know what I
1: mean? Right. So that that is a an odd space to be in when someone has lost A loved one, a friend, you know, it is an odd spot. I actually was talking to somebody about this on Twitter because you don't know. No words are going to be able to help them heal. Right. Mm -hmm. But then you don't want to not say anything. You know, you want to extend your thoughts and your condolences. And really, honestly, it's it's really just being comfortable saying, I'm sorry, you know, if there is anything I can do. Um, and lending just that support, but it, it may not be the right thing. You, it, that's just that's a situation where you may not ever say the right thing to somebody because they're grieving, and grief is a process. Grief isn't like, oh, there was a death, and then in two weeks, I I'm not thinking about it anymore, and then in two years, I feel completely better. Right? Mm-hmm. Grief is an entire process. There are five stages of grief. And so it just depends. A lot of people could stay in the angry state of grief for months Mm. and not come out of that. So there aren't any perfect words to say when somebody passes away. That's just the reality. It's kind of like, I think my go-to is praying strength and healing for you at this time. That's because they're not, like I said earlier, words that are going to take the pain away. Right. So um, that's really what i go to but i that is that is a question but black people ask all the time how was the funeral i mean it was a funeral like (laughs) it wasn't a great time right (laughs) you know nobody else died but you know it's like so i get it like that but that's a question that we ask all the time
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: (laughs) <laughs> that you didn't do anything wrong. Like you were trying to, you know. Ask, yeah. Don't feel bad. I, I, I. He
0: he cussed me the fuck out. Like he he went off on me. I was like, damn man, I was just trying to, like, you know what I mean? But yeah.
1: <laughs> he wasn't ready for that. Yeah. Shout out
0: to James, James <laughs> Williams <laughs> He cussed me the fuck out. You calling him out? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh man, man. So, like, uh how do you, because I got a bunch of questions about a bunch of shit, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But how does, um, how does black people deal with, like, family stuff? You know what I mean? Because I know that's a big thing, like, in the black community, black families, like, when stuff go down in the black family, like, no, 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 we don't talk about it. No, no, it just, we don't say nothing about it.
1: Of course. <laughs> like, in, in- One thing about the black family is we were just really loyal to the saying, what happens in this house stays in this house. And that is probably one of the most toxic sayings. No, what happens here doesn't need to stay here. We need to tell on Uncle Jimmy. Like, you don't just <laughs> let Uncle Jimmy do what he did and not tell, you know. So that's, I mean, we have to unlearn. It's, there are a lot of things that we have to unlearn. And, and as young people as parents like new parents and you know entering into new marriages that's when you determine like what are new practices that you want to have for your household do you want to have open dialogue with your kids my specialty i work with children and adolescents so from age six to like 22 is where i primarily focus my practice in um do you want to have open dialogue with your kids? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of us that didn't have that opportunity to have that dialogue in our home, it's addressing that. It's it's actually acknowledging that, yeah, my parents were not perfect. You know, the the things that I learned as a child were not all the correct things that I should have. But acknowledgement does not mean that you're saying someone was wrong. I think that that's where a lot of people um, kind of get stuck in like I don't want to say that I had bad parents. No, they weren't ba- bad parents. There's no book to parenting. Right. A lot of people have written books, but that doesn't mean that it's the <laughs> guideline, right? right because right. so many kids are different. So you can read that book and it still doesn't apply to your child. Right. Okay. But acknowledging that there were some practices in your home or in homes of Black families that were incorrect, it's not a bad thing. You're just saying like, hey, that was wrong. That's not what I want to do, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to do something different in this house. In this household, we are going to have the opportunity for my kids to express their feelings so that they learn healthy communication. Because a a lot of what, and it's not just um, black men, a lot of black women don't realize how much they shut down as well and how much they suppress their feelings and don't talk about in a healthy manner the way that they feel about things. A lot of people are quick to just, You know, like snap. Mm -hmm. You know, like James, he went off on you. You you (laughs) James didn't have the right words. He didn't know what else to say. So he just snapped, right? But that happens a lot because we weren't given those tools when we were younger. So it's really just acknowledging that those practices that I had when I was a kid, that's not what I want in my life now. I'm going to deal with the trauma. I'm going to actually talk about what happened in my household that was not comfortable. Right, what happened in my household that I didn't think was right, and the things that over time made me angry or made me upset or made me sad like it's it's um one of the things that I notice when I work with young black boys mm-hmm. is that one of the main things the feelings that they describe is mad, I'm mad when really they don't understand that they're really just disappointed mm. in their mom or they're disappointed in their friend but we as a people have decided that mad and anger are our feelings so we have two feelings mad or happy you mm, know like what mm. well, what's in between that you yeah. could be disappointed you could just be confused you might not even be mad you're just confused about why that person moves the way they move you know yeah. and you need a better understanding but that comes from communicating And being able to really express, okay, you did this and I didn't really understand how you thought that was okay for you to do that to me. And so walk me through how, you know, walk me through your thought process and allowing that person to explain themselves. And then it's like, okay, well, I'm not confused anymore. I just really didn't like that. So how do we work through that? You know, learning boundaries is another thing that we don't do um, as a whole is understanding what your boundaries are. And then making sure that people don't cross them. And when they do cross the boundaries, again, in a healthy way, expressing that. Like, this is something I said.
0: So you can't punch them in the face once they cross that. Nah, fam. We just
1: <laughs> we can't be punching people. It's like one, of the, one of the things that I think is so toxic that black families say is, if somebody hits you, hit them back.
0: Mm.
1: Telling your kids that is dangerous. Yeah. Let me tell you why that's dangerous. Because, no, don't let anybody put their hands on you. I completely agree with that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, However, children do not have meters. So you tell your child to hit them back, the the child might have just pushed the child, you know, on accident. Well, you told them, don't let anybody put their hands on you, hit them back, well, now he's stomping the boy out. And and you mad at the principal because... Your child is in trouble because he doesn't have a meter. Right. So, you didn't tell your child, you didn't give your child a healthy way to handle that situation. You just told him, hit him back. And kid is like, all right, go time. Yeah. My mama said, hit you back. So, (laughs) you know, I'm coming with the left and the right. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. Especially because as we grow older, then law enforcement gets involved. Mm. So, those ideas that if somebody hits you, hit them back. Well, it's just, it's an idea of retaliation, basically. And what does that look like as an adult? I just can't hit, I can't go around hitting people. Right. Because they made me mad. Right, right.
0: Yeah, I got to be careful with that with my son, too. Because, like, my son, like, before, like, when he was young, like, he was, he he wasn't like the most aggressive little boy, mm-hmm. and so I was like, "Nah, I want I want to at least be aggressive a little bit to be able to stand up to for himself." But I think now, as he's gotten a little older because he's ten now, mm-hmm. where he's like, he's ready to go, like you know what I mean? I'm, right? <laughs> and I'm and I be having to, sh- and he, you know he's getting at the age where he be trying to try me a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, sometimes I had to grab him like, hey, hey. Let me let you know. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) But I I had to be careful with that because I know teaching my son, like, to stand up for himself doesn't mean going around bullying people. You know what I mean? I think Mm -hmm. that's – because I don't want him to be a bully at all. Like, I want him to be a fun, loving kid. You know what I mean? yeah. And I want him – I want that, but I also don't want him to get – bullied or picked on.
1: Right. So it's teaching it's teaching confidence. Yes. Right. Um again I work with children and I don't necessarily like the word bullying because no. what we have done with that word is given a lot of kids the ability to um escape or run from conflict resolution. Every time somebody talks about you does not mean that they're bullying you. Mm -hmm. I I don't believe. That's in my theory that life beats you up, right? Mm -hmm. Life, if we really want to use the word bully, life is a bully. Yeah. So if we're teaching kids that um, just because someone doesn't say something you like, that means that they're bullying you. Or they have done something to you, that means that they're bullying you. What tools are we giving them to go through life? Because life is going to give you twists and turns that you don't like, right? Mm-hmm. Twists and turns that are uncomfortable, that are painful, that are hurtful. And if we don't, how do you, for parents, like, what do you tell your child to do if somebody is bullying them?
0: So, my, my, here's what I tell them hey, the first thing you do is go tell somebody of authority, mm-hmm. right? Go tell somebody of authority. If they're not, they not handling it, the, the, the authority should be able to step in and stop it. At that point, you need to take care of it and then come tell us. Mm-hmm. Like, get them off of you so they won't, they'll leave you alone. But then you come tell us exactly what happened. And you already went to authority. They didn't handle it. The dude is still doing it. If he came in, you go and take care of it or get them up off you. And then you come and tell us. I don't want you to start nothing. I definitely don't want you to be picking on nobody. Mm-hmm. But if they don't, if you go tell us somebody of authority and they ain't handling it, then that's when we got to step in.
1: Yeah, definitely. All right. Things. Mm-hmm. All of those things are right. I think another piece to add is just that they need to be able to um, express that themselves to the person. Now, to bullying the is that's, that's that's bullying them. Yes, so mm. bullying is a thing. Don't get me wrong when I say that I don't like the word bullying. I know it's a thing. There are pe- there are kids, people in general. I mean, social network is crazy <laughs> with that. You know <laughs> yeah. where people just are constantly saying negative things, and so their bullying is a thing. I think though that with kids, we have to give them the tools to be able to speak up for themselves as well. And so that what you tell him yourself, like get them off you when you say that, it's like giving them the confidence to know that they can also speak for themselves. Like, make sure that your child has a voice for themselves as well. You can, say, you can say to them, leave me alone. Now, if they don't, then we take the other steps. But a lot of the times um, we're kind of teaching our kids to just kind of run away from it. And when we do that, we're not giving them all of the tools they need because we can't run away from life. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I guess I guess –
0: the way I grew up was totally different mm. because... Yeah,
1: a lot of us. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably why the word bullying bothers me because people used to talk about me all the time. I'm skinny, okay? Yeah. People talked about me all the time, but I had to hold my own. Like, I had to stand up for myself. Yeah. So, I think that's kind of the piece that we're missing these days. We we sometimes coddle kids.
0: Yes. And I, I think that's, the, that's the one of the reasons why I'm kind of tough on him. So when he goes outside, like, anytime somebody messing with him or bothering him talking about him, it don't really bother him because he's got the worst for me. But then I don't want him to think, like, like I'm bullying him. You know what I mean? Because right. that's even worse than having your a friend bully you than a parent to be right. just being on you all the right. time. You know what I'm saying? So I try to give him a little balance.
1: But well, that's good, though, because you're giving him reassurance that He's a great kid. Yeah, yeah. But I'm also going to be a little tough on you. So you are able, like, you have tough skin. You're able to handle things outside of the home. But you give him that love, too. So it's like, it's the good balance, like you said.
0: Yeah. Because I know when when I was a kid, right, I got, I got an older sister and a younger sister, mm-hmm. right? When I used to get into fights with dudes, I felt like it was nobody else that I could go and get. Like, everybody had a big brother. Mm. And it was like... I ain't got no big brother. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not gonna go get my big sister. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just not gonna get her. So I was like, I had to stand up for myself. Mm. I had to learn how to fight. I had to learn how, like if somebody approaches me with aggression, like I have to be over-aggressive just to get them to stop bullying me or stop picking on me. And then um that actually in my experience, resolved a lot of issues that I I had. Mm -hmm. Because once they seen that I wasn't going to be punked or I wasn't going to be bullied, it stopped. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so and when you said that I need to (laughs) tell my son, like, hey, leave me alone, like that wouldn't work when I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? Like they would would continue on until you do something to them. And then they'd be like, okay, I'm going to leave you alone. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so you say like you, you had to do something physical in order to just
0: when i was a kid yes yeah when i was a kid if somebody and somebody did something to me i could not just be like hey man leave me alone because they that wouldn't that wouldn't stop it that would make them want to do it even more but until i was like man you know leave me alone then they would be like man you all right all right
1: and you, know you know what I'm <laughs> I mean, you have that now. You have kids that are going to keep going. Yeah. But I, what I, I think the point I was making is just making sure they have the voice. Okay. Because a lot of parents kind of coddle their kids to not have the voice. They're like, oh, they picking on you. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Well, let them do a little bit something, too. Yeah. Like allow them to be involved in the process. But to your point, that I mean, that still happens a lot. But that's why having conversations like this are important because a lot of parents, aren't giving their kids, like, what you're saying, the the balance. And it's, I'm, you know, I'm hopeful that when people listen and they're they're um watching the show, like, they're understanding, like, hey, maybe it's something else I need to be adding in when I teach my kid. Because while your child might be the one that's getting that balance, the other kid that keeps picking isn't. Yeah, you yeah. know, they're at home fending for themselves. You know, they're trying to figure out things for themselves. And so that is where – that's why I do what I do is because – that child that isn't getting any of that balance, I want to try to help be that balance while you're growing. Um, somebody else that's giving you reassurance uh, am helping you understand that you are a great person and giving you those tools to work with. Because, you know, unfortunately, all parents aren't as involved, um, you know, as others.
0: Yeah, I feel like this, this is probably going to settle some people off, but fuck it. <laughs> Uh, I feel like women for for with boys, they coddle their boys like mm. a lot of women, even even I, even my wife, like I'd be one to toughen my son up, but then I know as a woman she's a nurturer, so when he get mad at me, he go land he go land my wife's lap and oh mom like he did this and I'm like let him be a boy, you know what I mean? And I don't know if that's I don't know if that's good or bad but i'd be like let him figure out his emotions or figure out how to deal with his emotions because i know i tell my son now like man get in control of your emotions when you're upset learn how to put on a, a, a like or not even i don't even know how to learn how to deal with it and i guess maybe i'm not even explaining that to him i think that's probably the the the, the issue cuz i'd be like man you learn how to control your emotions But I'm not giving them the tools to learn how to deal with it. It's just, hey, man, stop crying. You know what I mean?
1: Okay, so it's it's a lot of things for me to unpack it, what you just (laughs) said. Okay. First thing is, um, you said that a lot of women coddle their boys. Um, Do men not do that with their daughters? So what is the, what's wrong with women? Because, you know, being a daddy's girl is it's kind of celebrated right yeah fathers take a lot of pride in spoiling their daughters and treating their daughter a certain way why can't moms do the same
0: um i don't know how to answer that but here's Mm -hmm. here's what i'm gonna give you what i heard some i heard um chris rock say Mm -hmm. he said the world stops for a crying little girl the world doesn't stop for a crying little boy
1: so something's wrong with the world doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the boy and that's what we have to realize is that we have allowed society to put pressure on men um, to where they are not able to express emotion when it comes, if the emotion is seen as something that's feminine, like crying, men should be able to cry. It is a natural response to something that hurts you. And it is also a process. Like it, it's an expression, like, That is a healing. Being able to let that out, it is releasing something, right? Mm -hmm. We haven't allowed men to do that. The other thing with that is that black men, I'll take it back to the black culture, black men have to be seen as tough, hard, you know, um, masculine for whatever that can be defined by Mm -hmm. Um, we don't allow our men the space to be comfortable. So what happens is you have a young boy that grows up thinking, okay, I can't cry or I can't show any of these emotions. And as they get older, they've suppressed it so long that when they get in another relationship or they get in a relationship with somebody, they're not able to express their feelings. And so you have a situation where you have a woman that wants the guy that she's with to be able to express himself and to be able to work through issues that they have, but he doesn't even have the tools because his whole life he was told not to cry Mm. his whole life. He was told to be tough. Men don't do this. Boys don't do that. Why don't they do that? Those are natural. Your people, it is natural to cry and not just because somebody died. Yeah. If you're hurt, it's okay to cry.
0: Yeah, but it's like,
1: no, you bo- don't want to be over overtly, you know, um, emotional. So I do understand what you're saying when you are telling him, learn to control your emotions. The thing that I talk to my clients about is reaction and response. So it's really learning how to respond to your emotions and respond to things that are happening and not just react so a reaction is just somebody says something to you or somebody does something you immediately impulsively react to what they said a response is taking back taking a step back thinking about that and then deciding how you want the situation to go if you want to if you want it to blow up by all means that's your prerogative do your thing mm-hmm. but if you want it to go in a healthy space in a healthy way Decide how you want to do that and then move forward in that.
0: Mm, Reaction and response. Yeah. Mm, But a lot of the
1: times we are, as people, we are moving off of impulse and we're just reacting to situations. I'm sure a lot of people, I mean, we can take it back to 2020. A lot of people were just reacting. When they heard what was going on, they want to go to Walmart, Target, Kroger, (laughs) buy up all the (laughs) tissue paper, buy all the, you know, toilet all the stuff they was buying. I saw a picture of somebody with 10 gallons of milk yeah. in her basket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ma'am, where are you going with that? Yeah, it's going to spoil.
0: Right? Yeah. It's <laughs> going to
1: spoil. Do you have that many people in your house to drink that milk? Yeah. That was a reaction yeah. versus thinking about it. Okay, this is a virus. They're telling us to stay home. What are the essential things that I need at home? How long would I be there? Like, really thinking, thinking it out, yeah. right? And then, then going to the store and... Buying something that's on your list, effective, you know, yeah. and staying in your house and trying to be safe from the virus. We it was complete chaos. Yeah. I was actually in Belize when all of this stuff happened, and so all I could do was watch Instagram yeah. or you know and see <laughs> what people are doing. And I was like, this is really ridiculous. Yeah, these people are going crazy.
0: And it wasn't like that in Belize. Nobody was.
1: No, we were still <laughs> chilling. What? <laughs> On the hey. beach, like, mad chilling, yeah. tequila, drinks. You know what I'm saying? People were still, like, chilling. Mm. America?
0: Going K-wide. they going crazy. Wild. I think, uh, I think a lot of uh, America does, like, a lot of fear-mongering kind of things to make everybody... Get like, hey man, it's gonna be a low supply. of This y'all better get it. You know what I mean? I yeah. think a lot. I think a lot of America does that to people to put people where they just anxious. Like you know what? I'm gonna go without, so I gotta hurry. I gotta, I gotta. What is it called? Um, hoard all this stuff because it's gonna be it's gonna be not enough. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah.
1: It's very reactive, though. Yeah. It's very reactive. There was no real response to that pandemic and we can go down a rabbit hole of why you know the leadership and all of that but you're right america we we are definitely a reactive country we we are not proactive because another thing i was thinking like y'all don't already have this stuff at your house right right i'm sure there's enough in my house for me to be there for at least two weeks and not leave and i got enough tissue paper like what do you mean fam like why are you having to buy so much right be proactive but when it comes to, like, behaviors and, you know, conflict resolution and all those things, these are things that we have to teach children. These are things that as adults we have to begin to relearn practices um, so that we're not reacting a lot. But, I mean, as parents, as uncles and aunts, we also, the behaviors that we have and display is what our kids pick up on. So, that's another way that they learn how to respond to things. Like, are you responsive? You know, as the aunt, your your niece came over for the weekend, are you responding to the person driving in traffic that just cut you off? Are you reacting? You cussing them out. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Then they they pick up on that. They're like, oh, I'm supposed to cuss out people when I'm driving. Nah. Nah, Because, you know. Yeah. It has adverse effects sometimes when you do that. So, it's you know, it's it's relearning things. It's, it's a learning process. And that's why I think that as a whole people should be open to therapy because it teaches us those things. The therapist is going to help you walk through that. And the, and the therapist is not there to give you advice. If any therapist gives you advice, fire them, get them out. Mm. You know, that's not who you want. The therapist is there to help you navigate your own thoughts. The therapist is there to help you navigate your own goals. They have an unbiased opinion and outlook on things. So that's why they're able to do that. But going to therapy helps teach, you know. It mm-hmm. helps you learn and, and and gather more tools. But then the other thing I think that's important to realize is that we go to the doctor. You know, you go to see uh, an MD. You go to the dentist. You get your teeth cleaned, I hope, every <laughs> six months. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. Therapy is like that. It's just Mm. a a check-in. Like you're checking in to make sure things are still going. Something goes wrong. If you have a headache for, you know, more than five days, you're probably going to go to the doctor like, man, why is my head still hurting? Right. Same thing with behavior and in our mental space. If you've been a week and you've reclused and you can't get out of that and you're trying to figure out, like, what's going on with me, you know, seek help. Go see a therapist. That's why we went to school and we got these student loans (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah you know like that's what we're here for we're here to help heal Mm. just like an md just like you know your dentist they have their respective lanes and so do we
0: yeah and i know like therapy is just is not a big thing in the black community you know what i mean talking about certain issues and dealing with certain things is not it's not a it's not a like a go-to, you know no, what I mean? No. But it should be. It should be because most, most, I, for, I think for anybody, you know what I mean? Anybody dealing with any kind of mental issues or anything should definitely go and talk to somebody. And look at me, I'm giving advice about talking to somebody. I, <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to be like, man, i figured figure it out. i figured it out. I got this. I know my here's my, here's my thing. I want to talk to you some about something personal. Mm-hmm. So, my dad didn't grow up in my life, right? And it was been like certain points in my life where I tried to reach out and try to get that relationship. But every single time that I that we we'll go for a couple of days and talk, we'll like he'll just he just go back to his regular old. Like, well, I can't reach him or, hey, man, I'm we, I'm, I'm going to call you or we're going to do something and it just don't happen. I've been toying with the idea, like, man, do I want to have a conversation with him as a man now? You know what I mean? hmm And I'm just like, do I, should I or should I not? Because, it's like, it's a lot of questions that I've had or that I have that I, I want to get the answers to before, you know what I mean, he leave this earth. hmm but I'm just like, I don't know if I am, I don't know if I want to. One, because I feel like everything that I felt like I needed from him, I feel like I already figured it out. Like I already got it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I think one of my main questions for him is just like, man, why you wasn't there? Like what what was going on in your life Why you wasn't there? It was certain shit, it was certain times that I needed you, but you wasn't there. And then I had to go to some hood dude or some dude off the streets to learn the lesson, or I had to go to YouTube to learn it. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, do I want to have that conversation with him? I, I like, And I've been disappointed, not mad. Mm-hmm. I've been disappointed with it so many times where I'm just like, I don't want to set myself up for that. I don't want to set that, myself up for that disappointment again. You know what I mean? And I'm, I feel like I'm too old. To be dealing with disappointment from a guy that I've been that been knowing me in my whole life.
1: You're never too old. So I, I don't think that that's a, a factor to get answers that you want, because regardless of um, what the answer will be, it's affected you in some way. So you're never too old to get answers to help you in your own healing process or understanding process for what that is. But the thing, the questions to ask yourself is, you know, why do you want the answers? Um, another thing to ask yourself would also be, are you gonna be okay with what his answers may be? Uh, you also mentioned that you want, you said that you want, there are certain questions you wanna ask so that you have the answers before he leaves. But then in the same breath, you said, I mean, why, why do I want to get those answers or something to that effect? You said, Um, It's really determining what are those answers going to do for you? Is it something that you need to heal from? So it's really so it's really self-reflection, like it's really asking yourself, is there something that I need to heal from that? The reason I'm asking these questions to him or is it just because I want to know the answer? And okay. that will help determine if it's if it's something that you feel like you need to heal from or it's, it's something that is still affecting you, that will help you be a better parent to your son. Or, you know, like if, if you get that answer for yourself, that will help determine for you if you really want to do that, if that's really the space you want to go into. Because the other thing that you have to understand is he may or may not answer. And you Mm -hmm. have to be comfortable once you open that up, you have to be comfortable with the fact that you may not ever get the answer whether or not you ask it or not. Mm. So it's it's really a lot of self-reflection because we can't control other people. And so a lot of the times when we want answers from people or we want to have conversations with people because something happened or they did something to us it's it's always understanding that you have to be comfortable with whatever they say or do not say. Because mm. he, has, he has the ability to say, I'm not answering that. Mm-hmm. Why does it matter to you? You know, he might say, like, why does that matter to you? That was a long time ago. Or he might say, son, I just didn't know what to do back then. I, I just, I didn't have it in me. But either way... You have to be comfortable with that. So it's really asking yourself the questions of why do you want these answers? Are you, is it something that you need to heal from? Is it something that's affecting you? In what way is it affecting you? And then decide, you know, hey, let me go ahead and reach out to have this conversation.
0: Yeah. I don't know if, I don't don't think it's, I don't think it's nothing I need to heal from about it. But I think it's just like damn it it, it, for me for me it's more like um what could i what could i have been if if he was there you know what i mean because i feel like men put confidence in their sons right Mm -hmm. and i know at different points in my life where i lacked confidence in my ability to do something or my my um my feeling like I deserve this or I really should go after what I really want to. And it was like, man, I'm not going to get that. So I ain't going to do that.
1: You do know you, what I mean? Do you feel like you're confident now?
0: Yeah. Yeah. 100% now. But certain at certain points in terms at times in my life, I wasn't.
1: So you're wanting to get the answer to give you more confidence or to under... Because we don't know what could have been. Right. Right? Right. So are you wanting to get the answer so that it provides more confidence to you or that you can give more confidence to your son? or Because like, what would you do with that?
0: That information?
1: My mom, my mom calls it the shoulda, coulda, woulda. What would you do with that answer because of a shoulda, coulda, woulda? Shit, I
0: guess nothing. <laughs> I guess nothing.
1: But, it, I mean, it's it's uh, it's something that's affecting you. So it it's like you, you still can do something with it. You can say, okay, he told me this is the reason why he didn't show up for X, Y, and Z. I'm going to make sure that I show up for my son. So I am giving him that. And I am, you know, like it could provide you with more tools to work with your son, you know, to take back and be a more amazing father. But you, I mean, you decide that, though you decide what you want to do with that information. Because yeah. if it's, you said it's not any, you don't think it's anything you need to heal from, but it's affecting what you felt like maybe could have been your future or would have been. Yeah.
0: Because I know, like, what I've, taken, what I've taken from that, with my father not being there, is when my son does something, like, I want to make sure I'm there, and I want to make sure I'm the loudest. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, he probably hate it, you know what I mean? Damn, my son, he probably hated me doing it. But I just know what kind of confidence that gives a kid when you be able to look up in the stands or you doing something and they proud of you and they just cheering. You know what I mean? So I've taken that negative and just made it where, you know what, whatever my, my, my son is going to do. And you know what? And it, Damn, man. I got, I got a lot of shit I got to work through. Well, listen. I got a lot of shit I work through. I don't know if I want everybody to know my business. So. Yeah, no, no, no. We don't. We're
1: not going to do a therapy session. We're going to get you. I got plenty of people that see adults that, you know, they take insurance and private pay. So okay. we get you tapped in with somebody. Okay. Tap in podcast. That's we get right. get you tapped in with somebody <laughs> that can help you. But no, no, seriously, with that, like, you, you it's that's one of the things that you determine how is going to be effective in your life now to get those answers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like what you, what is it going to do for you to help you move forward in you know your everyday movement.
0: Yeah. God damn Mish. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. This is dope, man. You, you just, how do people get a hold of you? Like, you do more children or you do adult uh, therapy?
1: I'm strictly children. So strictly children. Okay. Obviously, the adult age starts at 18, but because students are in college from 18 to 22 ish, that's I still see kids in that realm. Okay. But I'm from age six to 22. That's who I work with.
0: Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. And how do you, how do people get a hold of you?
1: Um. So, my website for the business is a you can reach out to me there on Instagram. It's at a brighter destiny. That's our page. You can reach out there. Um, and then also my personal page is just Mish. So it's J U S T M I C H E underscore.
0: Okay. Bet man. Get your kids. If you haven't any issues with your kids, man, make sure they go see some kind of therapist. Yes, Let them talk to somebody beside you. Cause you know, I know parents can have a short, short temper or short uh, patience
1: because they're so invested. Yeah. Like they, you know, yeah. as a parent, you want your kid to do what you want them to do, right? Because you know, you know, it's like you've already lived, right? So yeah, allow them to come talk to a therapist <laughs> that's unbiased, and you know, can just help them process their own feelings.
0: You think you? Do you think kids are gonna need some kind of therapy? Um, the ones that are going through this virtual learning and not being able to.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I've, within the last week, I don't know, maybe four new clients Mm. that are virtual students because they're at their wit's end. They are sick of school Mm -hmm. on the computer. They are tired of it. Yeah. Um, They're lacking that social interaction, you know, just being able to see their friends at school But kids like their teachers As much as they don't like the work Or they might, the teacher might get on their nerves They really do like that interaction with their teachers And they're not getting it anymore You know, especially if Some parents have decided to send their school Their kids back to school face to face But if their parents decided Like, no, you're not going back to campus That's a lot to deal with yeah. It's a lot to adjust to And so a lot of a lot of kids are dealing with Adjustment disorder right now where they're trying to figure out their feelings and figure out what life looks like behind their computer every day, Mm. you know? And so that's, I mean, another major thing is the kids they go to school, you know, um, they're trying to navigate still the pandemic. They got to wear a face mask all day. They're like separate. They're in classes. Some of them are in classes with the little partitions up, Mm. you know, where they, and their interaction is still not the same. I think sports have definitely taken off. Um, so they are able to play sports again. But it's an adjustment for everybody. You yeah. know, in, in adults, some of the things that we don't realize is that we still have to allow our kids the opportunity to express how they feel because we make all the decisions right yeah and so we've we've expressed it i don't like this you're not going to school you staying at home now you never go to that school and then you come back and bring something to this house well let them talk about it too you know let them express how they feel about sitting in front of the computer the whole time it's a lot and if they turn the computer off that's the issue you know
0: like (laughs) yeah
1: let them express so Anyway, as adults, we make all the decisions. And so, yeah, there has been a lot of um, kids that are just needing additional support because of this. Yeah. And adults, too. Like, I want I want my people, adults, to realize it's okay for you to not know the answers to everything. And it's okay to reach out to somebody so that they can help you get to the place where you're comfortable with, you know, this pandemic. Because this is, I mean, we're still in a pandemic Mm-hmm. So it's almost been an entire year yeah
0: yeah goodness gracious yo man thank you Mish I appreciate sure. this thank you for having me yeah for sure. Nice. for sure for yeah. sure I'm gonna have to have you back too man yeah
1: for sure yeah, yeah. I want,
0: cause you got a podcast yourself right I do yeah what,
1: what's the name of it The Black Celebration
0: The Black Celebration yeah. make sure y'all check out y'all on Apple and all the other platforms yeah, we're okay. on
1: Apple we're on YouTube uh, Spotify Google all of that
0: okay yeah, yeah bet All right, man. Yo, thank y'all for tapping in with us, man. This has been the Tap In Podcast. Holla.